The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. You say be intentional. It sounds like someone should be in bed. That's what it sounds like. Uh, it sounds like you should be in bed, young lady. <laughs> I should be in bed. I know. It's only outside that door over there, and that's where I'm headed next. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely... <laughs> Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. A good friend of mine once had on WhatsApp, you know, the little note where it says what you're doing, you're eating turkey or whatever it is. Well, his said, be intentional. And as he's a wildly successful entrepreneur and coach, that phrase, well, it kind of stayed with me. I haven't always practiced it, but it definitely comes back again and hits me square between the eyes. And because we're starting a new year, rather than starting the year of resolutions, well, I, for years, have actually said that I always set intentions. What will I be working towards this year? What am I going to set my sights on and then head in that direction? I'm well aware that even with the best of intentions, things can unfold in a way that we never would have imagined. And sometimes we end up with better than we thought possible. Well, that's my wish for you as we head into a new year. And as I've had time to take stock, get my own ducks in a row, and just thought that we could kick off January, which is when we're recording this, depending on when you're listening to it and when it goes out on radio, My top thought was to head into the new year thinking about being intentional. Basically, I want to talk about some things that you can do to be intentional with how you're going to go into this next year. Maybe we'll bring some ideas that you haven't thought of, some tests that you can invest in to give you insights into your health rather than just the usual blood tests and all those kind of things that they don't show up or maybe you don't even see that piece of paper that your doctor says, no, 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 you're fine. How can you find out if the choices that you're making right now are right for your body, for your genetic genetic makeup, and where you're at in your health journey? Sometimes those efforts that you just keep on trying, keep on doing, keep on trying are met with what seems to be absolute failure, despite following all the rules and checking off all the boxes. Now, not only is it super frustrating, but I believe that intentional efforts are the way to go. But what does that mean? So over about the next four episodes or so, I'm going to just deep dive into this. I'm going to get into DNA testing again. We're going to start with that one today. This time, not only to discuss specific options that I've checked out, but also we're going to go over my results too. Yes, I'm going to put myself out there as a guinea pig. I'm also going to do a deep dive into the less DNA type things and the more patterns, those emotions, those things that hold us back. So take the discussion from a science aspect to mindset and how to first recognize the patterns of maybe it's self-sabotage, not taking responsibility for your actions, thinking if no one's looking that, oh, you know, I'm going to get away with that. And so, you know, all of those kind of choices that keep you from the success from that happiness from basically feeling good. Then we're going to jump into having a look at some blood tests and all those kind of things that are not talked about that, like I said, you may not even see on that piece of paper because you're not actually given it or have you actually asked for the right tests. We're going to have someone on to talk about that. And I'm going to introduce you to a new form of testing that I've done in the past that I actually have to put myself through once more, something called thermography. So over the next little while, 
The theme of be intentional is really what we're talking about. And today on Eat This with Leanne, we're just going to jump right into DNA testing with the CEO and founder of the DNA company. And let's hear from him firsthand about how can any of us go through this test and see what we can find out about ourselves. Welcome, Kashif Khan. Thank you so much for joining us today on Eat This with Leanne. First of all, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how on earth did you end up being the founder and CEO of a DNA testing company? Yeah, it was uh, unintentional. Uh, I don't come from the space. I'm actually from the PR and marketing world. So I used to run a firm where my intention was to work with startup companies to help them grow. And we did a lot of that. So first of all, they thought they needed PR, but they needed everything else. Right. They, didn't, they didn't know what they were doing. And that's what I was good at was building small businesses. Okay. And I got sick. I, I, I was uh, around our mid thirties. I'm 42 now. Okay. And I was, I had eczema, psoriasis. I had migraines. I would literally, my business partner would have to drive me home because I just couldn't function. Oh, uh, acid reflux. I couldn't eat anything. Uh, I had like weird depression bouts that just would come on and off. I didn't understand what was going on. Going to a number of doctors, I had, you know, six, seven different problems and six, seven different solutions, right? They're all mm. these independent siloed spokes that have nothing to do with each other. Of course. So I had this cream and this pill and this scan. And my whole life became about going to doctors until finally a friend of mine, Bryce, uh, who is, uh, he's more of a functional medicine practitioner. Uh, I said to him, there's something wrong here, man, because this is all like, it all happened at the same time. It's all kind of related to this random stuff that nobody can figure out. There's no disease per se. And he said, yeah, you're just, you're just killing yourself the way you work and your, your genetics are mismatched to what you're doing. I said, what are my genetics? And that's when he slapped me in the face and said, well, we got to start there. Right. That's where my journey started was I unlocked my genetics and found that that didn't work. The, The way the DNA industry was working at the time was unless you had a rare genetic condition, Okay. Couldn't help you. If you had diabetes, cardiovascular disease, a hormone issue, you know, oh, that's lifestyle. That's yeah. But what, why is it different for me and you and you and you and you, the same people do the same thing, but they have two different outcomes. Mm -hmm. That's when I dove deeper, realized the potential of understanding our sort of human instruction manual, this blueprint that's inside of us. I healed myself. I haven't been sick in years. I don't even get a common cold anymore. I literally walked away, handed the keys of the marketing company to the staff and said, thank you. It's yours. And I worked on this and built it. Wow. So how long has the DNA company been going? January, 2017 is when I uh, walked away and said, I'm going to do this. Okay. And we spent three years in research. So what was broken in the genetic industry was exactly that, that you're not born with diabetes. You're not born with, you know, cholesterol issues or female hormone issues, breast cancer. It's all happens in and around the sort of fifties. Right. Right. It takes that many years of the wrong exposure to lead these to these types of issues. The gap was what are the suboptimal profiles? So it's not a, hey, you have an 80% chance of Alzheimer's because of your genes. Right. What does that tell me? Like, I'm, yeah, anxiety for 30 years, right? What what Mm -hmm. what am I going to do with that information? And why did 20% not get it? So, in that, what I learned was it's the environment, nutrition, lifestyle load you put on those suboptimal genetics. Right. So, so you're, you have bad hardware or software, right? So your propensity is higher. You're at greater risk for this thing, but you still have to do something wrong to get it. You're not born with it. You're not unhealthy when you're born. And, and you know, you, you should die healthy because you were born healthy. If you do everything <laughs> right, that was the journey we went down. And the research was, we literally sat in front of 7,000 patients, one by one, by one, by one, by one. It's the largest study of its kind in the world where we actually clinically reviewed people that were sick and understood what were their environment, nutrition, lifestyle habits of the 80% of the Alzheimer's bucket that got it. What Mm -hmm. did they do? And of the 20% that didn't with the exact same genetics, what were they doing? Right. Right. And now we've understood that if we first understand your genetic profile, who you are, what you're, how you're wired, we now know what to tell you you're designed to do for optimal health in the way you eat, the way you sleep, you know, why you can't sleep as an example, you mm, know, that's big hormones, you name all these things that we're dealing with. Now we, we, we understand how you're meant to do it. And then that leads right. you to optimal health. 
Well, and I think it also just answers all those questions that everyone has of why me and not you, or why can't I eat sugar, or why do I have migraines, as you said that you do. And, you know, listeners are going to hear my voice a little bit different. As I said off the top, I've just had COVID. So why did I have all the symptoms that I did and somebody else doesn't? They get like a wee sniffle. There is a reason for it. And that's, I kind of feel like I'm always looking for that, re- that yeah. reason, right? Well, we're going we're gonna to go there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. up, we're going there. Wait, wait, you have a blueprint to Leanne Phillipson somewhere? Not yet. I, ha- I have, I will be doing a test and we will be doing a follow-up session okay. on my test results just to go through them. Once you get the manual though, uh, I need a PDF copy of that manual. Okay. Because up oh, to right. this point, I can't. You're going to start pouring the drink. That's what it is, Chris. <laughs> I don't You're understand. Know what you can start serving me. <laughs> I don't understand her even a moment right now. So if I can get like a manual or a how-to book on Leanne Phillipson, that would be awesome. Thanks, man. On um, what you just said, two things. First of all, we're going to talk about COVID since you brought it up. Okay. We have decoded the brain. If I have your DNA, I don't ever need to speak to you to understand your personality, how you deal with trauma, pain, stress. Do you procrastinate? Are you? Do you lean on food as a coping mechanism? Yes. So should you be? No. <laughs> all of that stuff. Because what we've understood... We first, and again, it's not a single gene that this gene means this, this gene means that, the way genetics reported. It's, okay. you have to first understand the biochemistry. How did the neurochemicals of your brain, dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline, what do they actually do? And if you have different qualities or different ability to bind them or different ability to, to deploy them, there's different nuances. What is that equal in terms of personality traits? Why does trauma happen? You have to be able to experience trauma and you have to be able to remember and retain that trauma. Those are different neurochemical functions. So if I have your genetic map, I literally can map out your brain and how you think. We've done work with like executive teams on who should be the CFO, who should be the CEO. You know, we've done work with athletes in terms of the team and dynamic and why does one person freak out every time mom says she needs a new car and one person just doesn't give a damn. You know, literally it's all hardwired here. So that, yes, for sure. So first of all, we're going to work on that. We'll backdoor talk about the end stuff. Uh, Second, (laughs) COVID. The world shut down and just like everybody else, we closed our office, didn't know what was happening. First of all, we said that, you know, it's a virus. There's not much we can say. It's it's a viral thing. And when we started to understand some of the publications that were coming out about uh, genetically how the virus interacts with your system, right? Mm-hmm. How does it deposit its RNA into your cell? How does it actually proliferate itself throughout your body? We then were able to continue that map to the functional answer of now that we know what it's doing, how do, why do some people not even know they're sick? Some are in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Why is there a disparity with the same insult, the same virus? So there's two things. Yes, there's the comorbidities, right? There's some people that are inherently metabolically sick. That's why the right. diabetics, the cardiovascular patients are much more likely to have an issue because they're already unhealthy. They're already at that tipping point where they just needed something to push them over the edge. And right. COVID was that very aggressive trigger that would push them over the edge. The other end of it is if we've understood that these people, again, diabetic, cardiovascular, respiratory, these are the people that are getting hit the hardest. Well, what are the genetics of that? Who is most susceptible to respiratory inflammation, cardiac mm. inflammation? Because the people in the ICU aren't sick of COVID. They're sick of respiratory and cardiac issues. Yes. But that's what they're being treated for. They can't breathe and their heart's failing. The COVID got them there, but they may be over COVID and just now suffering from that. So yes. we then went back and in our research of those 7,000 people started to identify some of those people with those profiles, right? And we had been providing supplementation to these people. And when I say supplements, not your vitamin ABC, but unique ingredients that up and down regulate genetic expression. So if you have a slow version of a gene, which is bad for something, we make it work faster. Oh, okay. We surveyed about, uh, I think it was 200 people who did get COVID of people that were, we had genetically tested who were on our program. Zero of them had, what would you call it, adverse or significant reaction. COVID, the trigger, they were already so far below the threshold that it didn't matter. It was only pushing them up to 60%, not 90 So we That's understood really that. really powerful for a lot of people that wouldn't necessarily have maybe fared that well because of yeah. their genetic. Because of it's their so genetic easy makeup. to understand this and do something about it. It's just novel science was just not out there yet. Oh, I love it. You're ahead of the curve. Really cool. No, I I do. I believe that these are the kind of things that, I mean, that's why I asked for you to come on because these are the kind of things that I want people to understand. You know, our loyal listeners are learning all the time and that's why they come back, keep on coming back again and again to listen is because I know that they are all, you know, the listeners are healthy and they just want to keep 
doing better. They keep wanting to get better. The purpose of what, you know, what I'm kind of calling the be intentional of 2022 is so that they can, yes, you listeners can take on another way. You've tried the gluten and you think, yeah, it's okay, but maybe it's not. And you've done the sugar and you've done all the things that I've said to do and you're just not getting there. Okay. So we got to go deeper. You know, you can keep on experimenting as much as possible. And sometimes people's ideas of taking gluten out of their diet is like for a week. And then they think, I don't know, it didn't make a difference. Right. You know, so there's a lot more information that you can get. And for when you have a test that's done and, and it says it on paper, then it somehow is believable is not quite the right word. It just, it resonates more. I think if you were to tell somebody what their personality was like, and they maybe then sat back and thought, you know what, I am like that. And I've tried to mask it for a really long yeah. time just to be like everybody else. Then, and somebody says, no, you have got anxiety or you do have depression and it's part of your genetics. It yep. takes a lot of the blame off of yourself right. thinking that you've done something wrong or it is because you're eating the wrong things or you're not sleeping enough or you don't get off your phone or, you know, just all the things. There's so much the blame game that goes on as well. I can't tell you how many of our sort of clinical sessions, which are like somebody, some executive came in for an autoimmune condition or, you know, can't lose weight. They hit a plateau. And then all of a sudden, when we're talking to them about cognitive function, the way their brain works so that they can better understand how to do the things we're telling them to do, like, how do they actually think? Yeah. Then, oh, that's why. And they, it always comes back to relationship issues. Right. Right? It always comes back to like, I'll, I'll be the guinea pig. Take myself, for example. So when it comes to pleasure and reward. So my family has a history of addiction. I grew right. up with uncles that were I remember once walking to my uncle's house and a TV flew out the window because he was just drunk and angry and throwing a TV at somebody. I don't even remember who, because it was just normal at the time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what, was your uncle Andre the Giant? How He picked up a, <laughs> a television and threw it at somebody? <laughs> wow. This is, this is the same guy who was once cooking breakfast and his stomach was burning on the stove and I had to tell him to move his stomach. Oh, my God. You know, so, uh, yeah, wow. his pain threshold was a little high. Yeah, so anyways, what I learned... Dopamine, the thing that allows you to experience pleasure or reward, it does two things. We genetically experience that at a different level. Mm. So, and the way that happens is a gene called DRD2, which determines how dense your dopamine receptors are. So when you deploy that dopamine during that pleasure or reward experience, you have to bind it to experience it. And people have different density. I had the least, absolute least sparse density of receptors. So it's very hard for me to feel, right? Interesting. Then, when you're done with that, you're supposed to come back to normal. So there's two more things that happen. MAO, another gene, starts to break down the dopamine. So it gets ready to be cleared. Mm-hmm. I have the, fa- the fastest possible MAO. Then there's an enzyme uh, that's deployed by a gene called COMPT to clear and like sweep it away. I have the fastest COMP. So I feel it way down here and it, it lasts like that. A nanosecond. Yeah. yeah. And then you're all cleaned and, up and ready to try and find yeah, a, new, a new experience. But the right. same tasty pizza that for somebody is like a wow. For me, it's like I hardly get to experience it. So that leads to three potential outcomes. Depression, which yeah. I have had issues with. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and it, it would always happen at a time where I was achieving something and it would go the other way. And I just felt like I had to give up or just because I wasn't getting that dopamine hit. Right. Right. So depression is one option. The other is addiction because you go down the pleasure route and that's the thing that you fuel your dopamine with or achievement because you go down the reward route because it does both. And that's what I've been doing with my life is I've been a crazy entrepreneur that gives us a marketing company away to a staff and invest into a DNA business, which he has no business doing. (laughs) Because the the sense of reward was too great. Like I can change lives. I need to do this. It was too much. Right. And whatever I did yesterday just isn't good enough. So that's a simple example. If you understood this about yourself and then you understand the context you're in, why do you experience it different than other people? Why is it that that person says you're irritable and it's hard to talk to you and, you know, I have to be careful. Maybe that's true. Right. Mm-hmm. You're perceiving that same thing that they're saying isn't that big of a deal as a big deal because of the way you're, you're wired. And we deal with that all the time. So now knowing <laughs> that about yourself, how much easier is it to fix the thing, the way you need to eat, the way you need to exercise, the way you need to, you know, the way I need to go to the gym, as an example, okay. I have to have it scheduled. Yeah. Right. And there has to be some sense of reward, meaning that I'm beating the last thing that I did, or I'm lifting a little bit more weight, or I've added five more minutes. Otherwise, I lose interest. Mm. Some people that need to do it more intellectually, where they're looking at maps and trying new movements and they need variety, you can understand that about yourself and then you stick. And then it's it's a compliance is much easier. So just it, it makes things more personalized. 
yeah, that really, that really does. And like I said, understanding yourself so much more, figuring all that out and why you did that must have also been like, see, I'm not completely crazy. There's one gene that's keeping me from being a complete psychopath. Oh, oh that's handy. Well, let's, yeah. keep, let, let's keep that on the payroll. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm almost there, but it's functional in a good way. Okay, good. Very, very good. This is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. Okay, so front and center on the dnacompany.com. Like it says genetic optimization right across across the center. You've got biohacking, you got high performance, you got your professional athletes. Now, like, is this like just for the elite, the CEOs and everybody that you've been talking about? Yeah. Because, you know, I think that I, I know that our loyal listeners are going to be super interested in this. Our past episode was also really popular and what everybody um, talked about. So can you just sort of speak to that a little bit more that, yeah, this is actually for everybody. Up until uh, I would say June, it was hard for us to go beyond the executive professional athlete celebrity. That's really all we were dealing with because there was so much interpretation required, meaning that oh. unless one of our scientists was holding your results. In, so the typical gene result says this, this gene means this, this gene means that, this yep. gene means that. That's and not the way the body works, yep. right? So what we had to do was understand when you had seven or eight genes, how to map that system, how to make it actionable. Like the dopamine pathway I just told you about was three genes. But if you look at the typical genetic report, it will report each one independently and tell you yep. separate thing about each one. There's, yep. It's not actionable, right? Yep. So in order to make this available to everybody, we started in January building an AI platform, artificial intelligence platform, to take all of the insights that were in all of our scientists' heads and put them into one central place so that the reports speak to the conditions the same way we do. So, uh, so that is our business. It has been you know, top CEOs, celebrities, professional athletes, NBA, NFL, NHL players that are paying literally tens of thousands of dollars to go through a deep review. Now, because the AI is there, the report, I think is a few hundred dollars, gives you the same insights per condition. So rather than speaking to the genes, mm-hmm. you know, what does this mean? Just people want to know what's wrong with me and how do I fix it? So yeah. we speak to the condition, anxiety, low, medium, high. And by the way, if you want to geek out and learn the science, here it is. Weight loss. Here's how you need to do it. Fat metabolization. Should you be on a keto diet? Right. Yes. That's uh, huge. Body type. Why do Kendall Jenner and Kim Kardashian sisters with one difference of a different father look completely different. It's the genetics that are driving their hormones. It's not by right. choice. Although there's been some add-ons to Kim, right. right. Uh, that we've heard about, but <laughs> other than that, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> there's been some additions. Yeah. The upgrades, right. Yeah. So, uh, add-ons. I like that. So that, but foundationally they're very different hormonally right now. I'm now trying to get to that goal. Oh, I hit a plateau. I just, I can't deadlift more than I want. Maybe you weren't designed for that, right? And you're, you're aiming for the wrong, or if you want that goal, the path is wrong because you're doing with somebody else who's actually wired for that is supposed to do. Right. That led us to these six systems, which in these 7,000 clinical reviews were the six key things that we felt everybody it kept coming back to the, they needed to know about this stuff. And that is cardiovascular number one killer, right? right. 50% of North Americans are expected to die from it. So right. cardiovascular health, how do you prevent reverse you know, diabetes, cholesterolemia, all that type of stuff. Then mood and behavior, brain, which is the biggest report of the six, which everything about how you're wired, how you think, how you feel, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, diet and nutrition. So, you know, fats, carbs, starches, insulin response, micronutrients like vitamin D, B, C, like how do you deal with all this stuff? So how should your, what should your meals look like? Yeah. Uh, hormones and fitness, which we just spoke of. So skin, hair, acne, body type, you know, what time of the day should you work out? Uh, for women during your menstrual cycle, there's that that circadian rhythm is very different than a man who has a, a menstrual cycle literally daily, right? So yep. the same process that a woman goes through converting progesterone to testosterone to estrogen, which takes a month, a man does every day, right? So different, isn't that yeah. crazy? Look at that, Chris. You just did that and that took me a whole month. Well, <laughs> I'm very menopausal, so I think it probably just took me four, four months to do that. <laughs> So now knowing that about yourself and knowing how you are wired hormonally, there's some men that need to work out in the morning, some in the evening for their, to get their peak testosterone, right? And for women, mm. during the month, 
you know, more prone to injury at certain times, more better to recover at certain times, et cetera. So then the other two are uh, immunity, inflammation, and detox. So how does your body deal with health at the cellular level, right? Okay. So how do you clear toxins? How do you, uh, how does your cell stay healthy, which is a root cause of all disease? Yep. And then the last one is sleep. So what we've understood about sleep, which is now a 50% of a North American population problem, 50% of North Americans don't sleep properly. The solution has always been take some melatonin. That's okay for 20% of these 50% of people that can't sleep because 20% can't fall asleep. Right. right. And they have an inability to deal with their circadian rhythm, that clock to know when to turn the melatonin on. So they can't fall asleep. There's some people that can fall asleep fine, but they can't stay asleep. They wake up mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. And that's actually the bigger number. It's mostly in that bucket. Yeah. And the melatonin won't help them. That's right. what, that's a serotonin issue that their body is trying to wake up too early because they're mm-hmm. highly, uh, sort of prone to stimuli sensitive for, because their serotonin levels are dysregulated. Then there's people that sleep through the night, but they wake up feeling like crap. Like I didn't get good quality sleep. They just totally can't. foggy. Yeah. yeah. So those are three different problems all being bucketed into one thing and genetically they're driven completely different. So those six things are the areas where we kind of feel that everybody needs support uh, and you get to like version two of yourself. After that, some clients decide to keep working with us in coaching where there's a particular pain point. Like I need to lose 20 pounds. My mother had breast cancer. I want to avoid it. You know, I got fibromyalgia. I have uh, Hashimoto's. I don't know what's going on. So that clinical level intervention we can also do after you go through this process of getting these six reports, because now we have your DNA to work with at a clinical level. And AI drives all this so that you can get this information without having to spend the, you know, tens of thousands that these NBA players are playing. That's incredibly useful. Thank you for putting that together and having the, having the forethought to put it together because it's all possible now. It's just having the, you know, pushing behind it to say, okay, we can do this. So yeah, well, yeah we didn't think we could actually, our scientists said no, because there's so many nuances. Every, every time we meet a patient, we learn something new, but we just keep feeding the AI and we keep making it smarter and smarter and smarter. Right. So uh, it was a challenge to get tech and science to work together. Yeah. But yeah. we got there and it's now working and it's awesome. You talked about this 7,000 people that you've sort of analyzed. I can only imagine that since then, since those 7,000 people, there are just even more tens of thousands of people that go through doing these, going through these tests. Are there any, any stories that you can share that have really stood out? Like, wow, somebody was really uh, suffering with migraines or for instance, my daughter has been uh, really, she's 16. She's really been suffering with depression throughout the pandemic and and all of those kind of things. And, you know, she's on probably her second medication now. So yeah. I've looked into DNA testing to find out what medications work best for her. But from what you're saying, maybe the results from the DNA company could actually take us a step back to understand where it came from. Is that right to say? I'm going to tell you a story about exactly that. Since okay. you, have, you want stories, we could, I got to ask you, how long can we go on for this? <laughs> <laughs> you'll be laughing, you'll be crying. It just it will go roller coaster the rest of the day. Wow. So my niece mm-hmm. is now 14. Mm-hmm. I did her DNA when she was about 11. She was one of the first because, you know, when we were testing, we needed people yeah. to get the system. Uh, anyway, so last year at this around, actually exact this time, like November of last year, my mom called me. So my mom, my sister and my niece lived together. Okay. Right. So and they're in an apartment in uh, Mississauga. My mom called me, said that you're, she can't breathe. Like she's like, she's suffocating. There's something going on. Maybe it's asthma. It's looked like what I've heard an anxiety attack looks like. Right. right. So I called attack. a pediatrician friend and I, I said, what does it sound like? He said, yeah, that's definitely an anxiety attack. It's probably like bullying at school, cyber or something. You know, you got to figure it out. So I talked to her about it. I thought at the time that it had to do with like social pressures because of what was going on with her uh, love of Korean K-pop. And what friends were like, just the the pressure of like trying to learn Korean and be part of that cool group. Right. Right. That's literally what I actually thought happened based on what was after talking to her. So then she was fine. The pediatrician friend said, if it happens again, let me know. So my mom called me again a little later and it happened again. But this time my niece fell because she collapsed. She actually hurt herself on the way down and she couldn't walk. So my mom said, I think you need to take her to the, uh, some, like a walk-in somewhere. So I did. And I called again, my pediatrician friend and said, I don't want to sit there for 10 hours. Is there somewhere I can go? He said, yeah, go to this hospital. So instead of 10 hours, it was eight hours. So nice. I went there. <laughs> so I was there for eight hours. 
They scanned her leg. They said there's no fracture or anything. They asked a bunch of questions. She was also complaining to me during that time that she was depressed. She was trying to figure out what was going on. Why was she having these attacks? She said, well, maybe it's my depression. I said, why did you tell me about that last? Oh, it's embarrassing, right? So I didn't want to say Bless anything. Her. End of the eight hours, the comment was, if it happens again, let us know. And in that, I knew what that meant. That one meant if it happens again, we're going to figure out what pill to give her because they have no clue what's going on. So I started thinking about the depression stuff that she was saying. And I thought about, you know, the dopamine and myself. Uh, I didn't do much about it at the time. I said to my mom, let's just monitor it. If she hides in her room or something goes on that she's not, tell me. So uh, about a month later, my mom texts me, your niece has ran away from home. Oh. Yeah. And I said, this, that makes no sense. She's the most innocent, sweet girl. She won't go anywhere by herself. So I go over there and literally she's standing like outside of the apartment in the park because that for her, that's running away. She was, I was like, what was your plan? What were you going to do here? She's wow. Well, I was thinking about going to the gas station and making a phone call. I said to who, but it's like something she was replaying from like a movie in her head. She didn't even know what running away meant. Yeah. So then I put her in the car, drove around to figure out what was going on. And then it clicked. I saw my mom's text. And I looked back to see, was her last text like about a month ago? And it was. It was the last call about a month before that. And it was. I realized this is her menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Right? So I asked my mom, "Was can you tell me at the time that this happened, what was going on with her menstrual cycle? And she said it was just starting each time. Now, keep in mind that she this wasn't when her menstrual cycle started. She'd been having it for about a year already. So right. why then? Difference was... This was the first year where she was homeschooled and wasn't going outside because of COVID. Right. So she was getting zero vitamin D. So this thing that was happening where she already, so I looked at her genetics at that point, which I should have done earlier, slap myself stupid, right? <laughs> uh, and what I saw was hormonally, she was already extremely uh, low on estrogens, right? She was androgen dominant, sort of fit, easy to put on muscle, but very low estrogen. And that the, the beginning of your cycle is that lowest point. Right. And so she was even more low. So nothing happened before because every every other system was firing properly. Right. Now, because she's homeschooled in the winter, there was zero vitamin D. Of the 22,000 genes in your body, 2,000 require vitamin D to function. Right. So literally 10% of your biochemistry is dependent on vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Because my ancestry is sort of equatorial, we already don't deal with vitamin D so well because we were yep. overexposed. So we yep. already genetically mitigate that. So she was ultra low and that triggered again, that hormonal chaos. Like me, she has slim to none dopamine receptors. So she was already teetering and that hormonal thing was already causing a minor issue every month. Mm-hmm. So that combination dumped her into this depressed and plus anxiety state on a monthly basis. So what did we do? I put her on L-theanine to boost the dopamine levels, right? We uh, dealt with the vitamin D where Again, with vitamin D, it's not just how much is in the blood. There's three steps genetically to vitamin D. There's get it from the sun or the food and put it into your blood. That's step right. one. That's where science kind of ends at the medical level. Mm-hmm. And you test your blood, do you have enough or do you not have enough? Well, it doesn't end there. You have to transport it from the blood to the cell where it's actually used. That's a completely separate gene. You then have to bind it at the cell where it's actually used. That's a completely separate gene. And she was suboptimal all the way through. So even if I gave her the regular Canadian dose, it wouldn't do anything for her. So we put her on 10,000 IU, but we split it because she didn't transport so well. We knew if I gave her 10,000, 7,000 wouldn't even get used. At that time, when we did that sort of intervention, since that day, she has not had this problem. Wow. Wow. So cool, man. That's incredible. And how many young women complain about this stuff? Right. Yes. Anxiety, depression, it, it beca- it's rooted in hormone imbalances. And they're at a time in their life where they're just being introduced to that. And again, Canadian winter is already bad enough. And now you're indoors and, you know, yeah. so all this stuff compounds. Uh, and the, the pressures that they have, we didn't have, you know, the, the social media pressures, the, the way that their dopamine is being manipulated through flipping through Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. It's a very different reality. It really is. And I will say from my experience and, you know, going through the medical system, I'm a, you know, been in the health field for a really long time and going through all of this and then just saying, okay, let's try the antidepressants because that's, you know, that's the thing. And that's what, that is all that there is at that time. Our healthcare system is siloed. So first of all, our acute healthcare system, I break my arm, I have a terminal disease. It's amazing. Yeah. 
the best our sort of species has ever seen, right? What we have right now. Mm-hmm. The problem is we use that same toolkit for chronic disease, mm-hmm. which is not at all the same thing. It's not a thing that happened now that I need to deal with now. It's something like this hormonal issue issue that compounds over time. You know, you don't get diabetes when you're, for the most part, when you're 15. It usually yeah. happens when you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, because it takes that long of making the wrong choices to lead to the condition, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to that toolkit, getting passed over from our acute care model to the chronic disease model, that's why we get stuck in this siloed approach where if the symptom is brain, I have depression, you can yeah. speak to someone that only knows about that. Right. And their toolkit is limited to that. Right. And this is exactly the conversation I had with my pediatrician friend after I told them, by the way, this is what I figured out is actually going on. And this is how I fixed it. And he was silent. Of course. Right. And I said, what, like, tell me, like, all he said to me, this is actually what he said. He said, what you're saying to me in terms of biochemistry is exactly correct, but I don't have access to it. Why is that? I've been in meetings sitting in provincial parliament in front of MPPs laying this stuff out where they said, this is exactly what we need to do, but they have no ability to do it. They don't know what to do next. Right. Well, thank you for being such a forward thinker. And there just needs to be a lot more people behind you. And and I hope that you just keep attracting the right people to be able to to put this all together, because it really, you know, in in the way that I deal with all my clients, it's you know, it's a it's a small fry way, but it still is to just keep pushing them to ask the right questions or don't take these kind of things that you you think that you're dealt just as they are, because there's, you know, there's a lot more to it. And sure, you know, you can make all the changes and the epigenetics piece, which you keep, you know, talking about is what is it that you're doing? What is it that you're doing every single day that's not actually working for you? And, and, you know, if you can get that, get that guidance from the AI that comes from your DNA and try it and have success. Well, oh my gosh, I mean, that would just take, I can change, change the direct trajectory of anyone's life, like really quickly too. Oh, it's just so fascinating, but let's just bring it all back to the loyal listeners that are just, they're looking to up level and to figure out what it is that they can do in this coming year to be intentional and to really take responsibility for their own health. So the first step is to order a test, I would say. Um, we will, we'll see what my test results come um, and what Chris can start serving me to drink and I don't end up with a hangover <laughs> or, or a headache the next day. We'll start there first. Chris is going to get his own PDF version. Um, but yeah. can you share one last story before yeah, we sure. wrap up? I'll tell you about a friend of ours, uh, he, you know, very good friend of mine, actually, who um, is a pharmacist. He used to poke fun at me. He used to call what we do reading tea leaves. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Genetic right? tea leaves that come yeah. from. Yeah. So, nice. uh, anyway, it was just his sort of loving way of poking fun. And he's like, what are you sure. doing in running a biotech company? You're you don't come from that. I said, that's exactly why I should be the guy, because I'm seeing things differently. Right? Always. I totally right? agree. Anyway, so he came to me saying that I have one thing that maybe you can help with, and let's see if this stuff actually works. He said, I'm 38 years old. This is a few years, the same age as me. So he's 38 years old at the time. And he said that uh, doesn't matter what I do, my cholesterol number keeps going up and I'm taking Lipitor and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right? Very so common. the one prescribed uh, drug is statins in North America. And that's what, so that's anyway, that's what was going on with him. So what he asked me for was what's called a pharmacogenomic test. It's not what we do. What it is, it's a specific test that tells you the gene that metabolizes that drug, what version you have. So what dosage do you need? Which version of the drug, you know, does Lipitor actually work for you or do you need something else? Mm -hmm. So I told him that's not what we do, but I think there may be more to the story than just how much Lipitor you need. Let's let's dive a bit deeper. So he did our test and this is what we found. 38-year-old guy who is seemingly fit, healthy, eats right, does everything right, but mm-hmm. is still having a cholesterol issue. We just look for the red flags. We didn't yet get into sort of diagnostic, here's what's wrong with you. Let's right. just look into the DNA. Where are you failing? Where do you need support? Right. Where was he failing? 9P21 determines what quality of uh, endothelial you have. So your most heart disease doesn't happen in the heart. It usually happens in the arteries, right? Mm-hmm. So calcification, blockages, whatever. So that inner lining of the artery that the blood actually kind of flows through and touches. Yep. We can determine what quality of lining you have. So he had the not so good version. 
Mm. You can have a stainless steel, you know, that why do some people smoke till they're 100 and they never get a heart attack? Yep. Because they have super good hardware, right? Yep. He had not good hardware. So that was one. Then we saw that he had of the key detox genes. So there's a process called glutathionization. That's mm-hmm. where glutathione binds onto toxins in your body, in your blood, sends them to the liver to metabolize and gets rid of them. You're not supposed to have these toxins in your body when you breathe them in or eat them. Forget about what version. And this is one thing that we do quite differently. We, we test for something called a copy number variation, meaning it's not just what SNP or what version of the gene you have. You might not even have the gene. You literally didn't get it hmm. from mom or dad. He was missing uh, the key uh, glutathione gene that sort of is that police force in the bloodstream drawing on toxins and getting rid of them. Didn't have the gene. His methylation, so now third thing, Mm-hmm. or anti-inflammatory process, there's seven or eight genes that make up your methylation system, which is your ability to deal with the inflammation that's happening in your body. It's a Absolutely. different kind of detox. Yeah. He was suboptimal there also. So all the way through in those six, seven genes, not doing so well. Now we look at, okay, you could have this exact profile, but if you live on a beach somewhere and eat fish out of the sea and sleep properly and have no stress, you're still never getting sick. You could be the worst quality yeah. of hardware, but if you don't put something... Of in terms of a load on the hardware, you're not doing anything to cause the inflammation that would right. lead to disease. So what was he doing? We then started auditing his lifestyle and environment, et cetera. And we found that he was golfing four days a week, which mm. sounds okay, but what happens when you well, golf? Not until you look at the pesticides. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. But he's breathing in for four hours at a time, four days a week, especially yep. in Canada where it's completely unregulated an intense amount of pesticides of that make our so beautiful with zero genetic capacity to get rid of it. The other four days a week, or sorry, three days a week, he was playing tennis because he felt like he needed to exercise to get his numbers down. Mm-hmm. What happens when you push yourself into cardiovascular activity, you get into oxidative stress. Some people that's okay. Genetically for him, it wasn't because again, what do your cells do? Your cells take in nutrition and oxygen to create energy mm-hmm. in that process of using oxygen for energy. You create oxidants. Yep. which are toxic, yep. right? If you don't have, again, that police force to clear the toxins, they're going to be free flowing in the blood. So now we know that what he was doing with his lifestyle was causing this uh, toxic load. Now these toxins are free flowing in his blood, going everywhere, causing damage to that bad quality hardware he has, that 9P21 we talked about. So literally yep. abrasions, damage, inflammation yes. to that inner lining. And that's right. when the body starts laying cholesterol because yes. while everybody thinks cholesterol is like, you know, a really bad thing, it's actually part of the healing process. It's so it's going to exactly. come along and patch it all up. Your body will deploy cholesterol as a hormone to reduce the inflammation. Exactly. But what happens when cholesterol meets toxicity? It hardens and gets deposited. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you get the beginnings of cholesterolemia. And you have a guy that's on a pill who, again, the thing that we talked about, the medical approach is mask the symptom, cholesterol mm-hmm. numbers going up, let's just bring it back down. And that's right. success. Why is it happening? Nobody ever asks. And I can't tell you how many cardiologists, cardiac surgeons, specialists we've talked to about this that have never heard this before. Really? Honestly, straight, like they've never heard this before. Oh boy. Yeah, we've presented at universities in front of like three, 400 doctors at a time that their jaws hit the floor because they realize they've been doing everything wrong. And it's not their fault. That's, that's what they were taught. Exactly. How do I get rid of the symptom? Cholesterol is a problem. Cholesterolemia is a problem. How do I get rid of it? No. Cholesterol mm-hmm. is your body fighting that inflammation. That's right. In endothelial, for which it's only inflamed because you were making the wrong environment lifestyle choices for your genetics. If he had the good detox, maybe he wouldn't have had the problem. Mm-hmm. So what did we do with him? We increased his ability to deal with the, the toxic insults because I knew he wasn't going to quit golfing. I know how he thinks. Right. And supported that thing that he just wasn't doing. So we gave him stuff to increase that. We also shifted his tennis into more weight resistance training where mm-hmm. he didn't get into that oxygen. Go ahead and sweat, go ahead and push your body, but don't breathe yep. heavy, right? right? Don't get into oxidative stress for him. For some people it's okay, but not for him. Yeah. So he, by the way, is no longer on a pill. Wow. Right. We, we literally, we reversed a chronic condition. Using your tea leaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> By the way, he ended up investing in the company after that. I bet he did. Yeah, so we had like friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be dumb if he didn't. Yeah, he <laughs> but you might have known money. that he wouldn't have done that if you've mapped his brain at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Why is it that 50% of North Americans are expected to have some kind of cardiac issue? 
right? It's not because we've had 50% of us have bad hearts. No. Right. It's because so the mode that we're dealing with today, that number wasn't the same a hundred years ago. 50% of people didn't have heart attack issues, right? No. It's true today because of the what we eat, the load, except that by the way, the detox gene, there's another one in the gut. It's called GSTM1. Mm-hmm. And be completely missing it. So if you're missing the key first line of defense at your gut, then that's another area where toxins can enter, not only from what you breathe, but from what you eat. Why do so many have people have Crohn's, colitis, you know, IBS, leaky gut? because of that inflammatory load on the gut lining, because you don't have the police force to get rid of the toxins, right? It just all comes back to being so incredibly basic. I find yeah. that piece of it so fascinating. And when I say basic, that doesn't mean that, I don't know, it's, it's so fundamental. foundational. It's exactly yeah. fundamental. That's an even better word. Like it's just, it just is. I yeah. think that's what I find so fascinating about this. And that there's a point at which you get to, where there's no other way forward than to know more, you know, how can you impact what's happening in your life so that you can maximize it and make the most of it? So, wow, this is just, this is just, my brain's just going a hundred miles an hour now. This is just awesome. Thank you so, so much for sharing incredible wisdom, your stories, the information, and most of all, thank you for being a pioneer and having given over those keys. So that you made the space to be able to do this, because this is definitely something that I know the conversation will continue as we, you know, as we go through the year. But I just really wanted to start off this year with letting people know ways in which that they can be more intentional. So we'll talk again once I get my test results back again. We will Um, figure you out. We will figure out everything about you. That's going to be rather revealing, but that's okay. I'm I'm happy happy to be the guinea pig so that uh, so that we can help others too. So thank you so much for for coming on to eat this with Leanne, and I'll share a lot more information about ordering your own test for the for listeners. Um, I'll quickly tell you right now the dnacompany.com forward slash eat this is where you'll be able to get your own. test but stay tuned for a lot more information uh, once i've done mine and we get a lot more results so thank you kashif and happy thank new you. year pleasure awesome being here any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at sproutright.com or leannephillipson.com well, that was pretty mind-blowing, wouldn't you say, Chris? My tired COVID-infected brain that is no longer infected is um, is really trying to keep up with everything that he talked about because that was really fascinating. And I love that. I love what was validated for me was the piece where, you know, I have every respect for all the doctors out there. Please do not get me wrong. But I also end up feeling a lot of the time very frustrated because I see the frustration in my clients when they bring me their results, when they say I've seen this many doctors and I still don't have an answer or more importantly, a solution. And that toolkit that he talked about just seems to be getting smaller and smaller for all the situations that that are coming up now, especially mental health and emotional situations. And as he talked about all of the chronic disease that's out there that we're faced with and, and yeah, there's a lot there to unpack. Well, that's, that's that's the frustrating part. You talk about how the toolkit's getting smaller. It should be vast. It should be never ending that toolkit considering what we know. It should be accessible to people like us. I mean, it's the human brain, man. We, the human brain is such an intricate computer, but we're simple in the sense that, We hurt, we want to know why, and we want to know how to fix it so we can fix it. Now, the technology and the medication behind it may not be simple. The DNA testing may not be simple. But in the end, all we want to know is just give me a few answers so that I have something to work with. I can go home and make myself better. Just give me some information and I'll run with it. I'll DIY myself back to health. Just give Mm -hmm. me some answers. And it sounds like people like Kashif have those answers. But not enough of the important people are listening. Thankfully, Kashif is on the job and I feel better for it. We'll see where this episode, hopefully this episode falls on a few other people's ears that will make use of it um, to their advantage. To know that it's out there. The information is there for you. Just go get it. 
I really hope that this is inspired, inspired our loyal listeners to know that there is more. And I think with that, I think that's just the theme of Eat This anyway, even though it's called Eat This, is that there is so much more that we don't know, that we can know, and that I think that should be accessible to everyone. And if it's going to cost you a few hundred dollars to find out this information and it's going to change the trajectory of your life, you know, I've signed up for it. <laughs> I've paid for mine. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to spit in my tube and, and send it off. And I'm really excited to see what information the AI comes up with to tell me about how my brain works, how my body works, and also, you know, why I ended up with all the symptoms of uh, of COVID that I did have, because I'm going to say that I probably had pretty much everyone on the checklist. So remember the dnacompany.com forward slash eat this. They've given me a specific promo code and you will get a discount on your uh, on your test. So make sure that you do add in that forward slash eat this for a $50 discount on that. As we kick off the third season into 2022, if you're listening to this as it uh, as it hits the airwaves or or as you're able to download it, and actually, if you don't, if you're not subscribed, now's the perfect time to be intentional with making sure that this ends up in your podcast inbox every single week because Chris and I have got some really great stuff coming for you in the next few weeks and then beyond into this coming next year. So thanks so much for being along for the ride and uh, yeah, and stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. Hit me up on social media on Leanne Phillipson or Sprout Right, and you'll find all the show notes on leannephillipson.com with links, not only to the episodes, if you need to share that with anyone else. So happy new year. I hope everybody had a much better Christmas than I think I did. Um, and actually I heard from a friend who heard my story of, uh, of how everything unfolded. He said, uh, well, that actually made me feel a lot better about my Christmas. So thanks very much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bringing Christmas cheer to all. Leanne's down for the count. I feel great. <laughs> right? <laughs> I said, well, thank you. I'm so glad that all that, uh, you know, that all transpired over the holidays for me and my family has helped you to make, has helped to make you feel better. At least there was that purpose to well, it. He doesn't sound like much of a friend to me. <laughs> oh no. It's all in, it's all in the delivery and the humor. He's a very good friend. So That's from awesome. him, I can take it from anyone else. I would have been boo- booing him. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Share this because there's a lot of people that need to hear this. And if you think that uh, you think that everything that you heard, you got somebody who this would have impact on, please, please share, share, share. Thanks for, for staying the course. Thanks for being along. And please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. <laughs>